Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. I'm very excited for the topic today. We are going to be talking about leaven. So leaven is mentioned in the Bible both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we are going to begin a three-part series. This is part one about leaven. So there's a couple of things that I think would be beneficial for you to keep in mind as you continue listening to this podcast. Uh, One is that leaven is yeast. Two is that there are two types of leaven. So because leaven is mentioned in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's going to mean two different things. And we're going to dive deeper into that. This podcast, we're going to be speaking about hypocrisy and perfection. So this is going to be more focused on leaven in the Old Testament, right? And hypocrisy and perfection is going to relate directly to leaven. So let's dive in. And I want to start with perfection. There's two stages of perfection. Stage one is earthly perfection. And stage two is heavenly perfection. Earthly perfection is required to have heavenly perfection. So we need to be earthly perfect, perfect on earth first. And keep in mind that perfect does not mean without error. As long as we are in the flesh, there's only a certain level of perfect that we can get to, but there is an earthly perfection that we can all achieve. But Earthly perfection is required to have heavenly perfection. So in order to have stage two perfection, which is heavenly perfection, we must first have stage one perfection, which is earthly perfection. Earthly perfection is required for us. So when I say us, I mean me, I mean you, anyone listening to this, earthly perfection is required for us to enter heaven. But to be heavenly perfect, it is required us to first have earthly perfections. So I've said that a couple different ways. I really want to drive it home that in order for us to be heavenly perfect, to achieve heavenly perfection, we must first achieve earthly perfection. So what makes a person unholy or imperfect? So if you catch that there, unholiness equals imperfection. Let's turn to Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It says, In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he, Jesus, began to say to his disciples, First of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. So the second verse is connected to the first verse. Jesus is explaining what hypocrisy is in verse 2. You know, as a reminder, Jesus is returning to the air, right? This is the rapture. The dead in Christ shall rise first, right? And then those who are alive and remain will meet Jesus in the air. This is where people in Christ will meet him 
in the air and this will cause a great awakening because people will no longer be here and when i mean here people will no longer be on earth so those who remain on earth who were not caught up in the rapture they're going to have a great awakening everything shall be revealed it shall be known. Remember, Revelation 16, 15 says, Behold, I am coming as a thief, quickly without warning. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, meaning we better be wearing Christ, right? He's coming as a thief. If a thief is going to rob your house, they're not going to give you a warning and say, Hey, I'm going to rob your house. No, they're coming quickly without warning. They're going to catch you off guard. Perhaps you won't be home. You're not going to be ready for it. But Jesus says, blessed is he who watches, he or she, of course, who watches and keeps their garments. We should be wearing Christ, lest, which means or. So if we're not wearing Christ, we walk naked and they see his shame. So if we're not wearing Christ, we're going to be revealed. It's going to be shameful, right? So many are going to have their shame revealed this day. And by this day, I mean the day of the rapture because it will show others that they are not real Christians. Anyone left behind is going to know I am not a real Christian. I have not been caught up. They are just churchgoers. And what do I mean by that? Religious, religious. Going to church was just one hour on a Sunday and they chose to live their lives however they want. But God is very specific in what we are to do. Amen. There is an urgency to repair for Jesus Christ's coming. The events happening in the world is indicating that it's going to come. Really keep your eyes open, people of God, because it is coming. We must be prepared. We must be prepared. Followers of Christ are going. There's no doubt about that. If you are a follower of Christ, if you say yes to everything Jesus says yes to, you're led by the Holy Spirit, carrying out the will of God, living in the will of God, you're going. If you are a follower, expect his coming. We don't have to say, oh, I hope Jesus Christ will return. We can expect that he is coming. Why? Because the Bible tells us. Jesus told us, if you're watching your garment, make sure it's clean. Make sure you're clean. Make sure you are wearing Christ. If you are making sure it's clean without spot or wrinkle or an imperfection, you are going to meet Jesus. Continuing in Luke 12, verse 3, it says, Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. So what does that mean? The secrets of man, again, shall be revealed on this day of the rapture. If you spoke it in private, it will be proclaimed publicly. There will be no stone unturned. You will be unable to hide anything. It will be revealed. So in Luke 12, verse 1, notice that Jesus used first of all. This is very important. Jesus is a fivefold ministry. Anyone who was to teach like Jesus, you need to study like Jesus. You need to understand why Jesus says the things that he says because he's very specific and purposeful with his words. He's not casually speaking. So you need to study like Jesus. And don't imitate man. Teach like Jesus. He's the greatest teacher of all. There's many who can be a motivational speaker. There's many. But you need to study Jesus as the example because he's going to be the best example. So Jesus says he began to say to his disciples, first of all, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus was among a big crowd and he wanted to communicate the truth. So Jesus needed to correct the false news first. Let me tell you what is false before I can share what is true. Right? Jesus needs to correct them so that he can later convince them and exhort upon it. 
But when looking closely at the words, we can understand it better. So let's read verse 1 again. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together, so they trampled one another, he began to say to the disciples first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So see how leaven is mentioned with hypocrisy. There's four words that we need to expand upon in this study to begin to have a deeper understanding. And when you study the New Testament, you study in Greek because the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. New Testament is in Greek. We are reading in Luke, which is the New Testament. So we look at the Greek meaning. So first word is beware. What does it mean by beware? Be careful. Have you seen the sign that says beware of dog? It's because you should be aware of a dog. There's a dog nearby. They might be aggressive. So here's a warning. Be careful. There's a dog, right? It's used to tell someone of an absolute danger. It's used 23 times in the New Testament, right? So beware. Hold on. Before you keep moving, be careful. Be cautious. There is an absolute danger coming. I also want to look into the word leaven. What is leaven? We said it at the very beginning of this podcast. It's yeast. It's a substance used to produce fermentation, right? It makes dough rise. It's an ingredient. We use leaven today. We use yeast today. The Greek word is zumi, to boil and rise. So bread, because of yeast, when it's left, it will rise and then it's ready to bake. We're going to talk more about this in parts uh, two and three, but I also want to look into the word Pharisees. This means separated from the people. So separated from what? From the people. It's a strong commitment to observe the law of God. And I also want to look at hypocrisy. This is a compound Greek word. So what I mean by that is that it's two words. Hypocrino. First, I just want to say we are not judged by our ability to pronounce words in different languages. So I might be saying that wrong, but we are judged by how we live on earth. But it's still beneficial to look at what these words are. So it's a compound word, hypocrino. This means under, beneath. In order to know what is really there, you need to look under. Right? So hypocrisy, under. So hypocrino, it's actually deceit. What you see is not actually true because the true meaning is underneath. So leaven is symbolism for hypocrisy. It's dishonesty. The Pharisees are like leaven in the Bible. Despite knowledge... Right, Despite their commitment to observe the law of God, they were not true to the word of God. They know the words but are not true to what it is that God said. They were hypocrites, hypocrisy, saying one thing but the true motive, the true um, outcome was hidden underneath. Right In the Old Testament, God commanded not to eat bread with leaven. We will learn why in the New Testament. In Exodus 12, 15, it says seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. So this is Passover. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, the person shall be cut off from Israel. So don't eat unleavened bread. Why? Because this is Exodus. This is the Old Testament. It was hypocrisy. It was symbolic for hypocrisy. Exodus 13, chapter 6, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. So just to pause, unleavened bread. This is bread that has not risen like a cracker. On the seventh day, there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days. 
in no leavened bread shall be seen among you, nor shall leaven be seen among you in all your quarters. So not only could you not eat it, you should not even have it in your house. Leviticus 2, we're going to read verse 11. No grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven. So again, Leviticus is in the Old Testament. No grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven, for you shall burn no leaven nor any honey in any offering to the Lord made by fire. Verse 12, as for the offering of the first fruits, you shall offer them to the Lord and they shall not be burned on the altar for a sweet aroma. In every offering of your grain offering, you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. God's very clear. No grain offering shall be made with leaven. So again, a mention of leaven, do not include it in these offerings, or they're not going to be pleasing to God. Verse 14, if you offer a grain offering, of your first fruit to the Lord, you shall offer for the grain offering of your first fruit green heads of grain roasted on the fire, grain beaten from full heads, and you shall put oil on it and lay frankincense on it. It is a grain offering. Verse 16 Then the priest shall burn the memorial portion, part of its beaten grain and part of its oil, with all frankincense, as an offering made by fire to the Lord. So again, God's very clear of this specific offering, what it shall look like and what it shall not look like. But what's wrong with leaven? We can check the New Testament. And we've already read this previously, but why does God not like leaven? We've already revealed this earlier, but I want you to have the full picture. In Luke 12, God says, In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another. Can you imagine trampling there's so many people that they're trampling one another. That's a lot of people. Jesus began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So God doesn't like leaven because it is hypocrisy. That is a sign of being double-minded, which we have also talked about in a previous podcast. I encourage you to listen to them all. But if you are a hypocrite, you cannot choose a side. You cannot enter heaven. Amen. So Jesus was saying to pay close attention to the zealousness who call themselves separated unto the word of God. Be careful of people who are just pretentious. What do I mean by that? Be careful of people who are just for show. For show. These are hypocrites. God is warning us of this. Where are they? They're in the church. They're in the church. These are the people that are religious that only attend church for attendance. Right? They are there to deter the work of God. So wherever the hypocrites are, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In 1 Corinthians 5, 6, Paul said, your glorifying is not good. Do you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven. So who purges out leaven? We do. If we have a little leaven in our lives, it's gonna leaven the whole lump, just like yeast will leaven the whole lump of dough. It's going to go and consume all that sugar because that's how yeast works. And it's going to rise and it's going to stop rising because the whole dough will be leavened. Likewise, if we have hypocrisy in us, it defiles all of us. And it's up to us to purge that out. So Paul says, therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened. 
For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Continuing in Romans chapter 12, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. So who was going to present your body? You are. I am. We are responsible to present our body holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Continuing in verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. So what does it mean to be holy? Uh, it's simple, without hypocrisy, to be true, to be honest, right? The world says we cannot be holy, but God says we can. So it's very important that we don't allow man to tell us what we are capable of. We cannot let the world dictate what we can and cannot achieve. What we can always have faith in and what we can always know is true is what God says. And God says we can be holy. And in fact, he says we need to be holy. He commands us to be holy. And I'm not saying to be perfect. I'm saying to be holy. If I claim to be holy, yet I still lie, this is blasphemous and unforgivable. This is an unforgivable sin. Right? Have you heard of blasphemy? That's this. If you claim to be holy yet you are still a hypocrite, you're a liar, you are sinning, that is blasphemous. I pray that those who say that the Holy Spirit lives in them, yet they don't live a godly life, I pray that they realize this error and repent. And I want you to pray too. We are still living in the days where we have time, but we don't know how long our time is. We don't know how long the window will be open that God is available to us that we can repent. Because again, remember, he's coming like a thief without warning and we must be prepared. This is the urgency. This is why you and me, we must be prepared. And I also want to add that the demons know the liars and the hypocrites. They know. There's going to be a great awakening for many churchgoers like we mentioned earlier. They see that we're going to church. They see what we are capable of, but they also see if the conversations and our actions will reveal our true selves to these demons, which are around us, right? Because remember, Satan is the ruler of this world. He's in control right now. Yes, God is God, but God is a fair God. Satan is the prince of this world. There are demons on earth. We've talked about the breakdown of the business of Satan, and we can understand that demons are around us. They are watching us. They are influencing the people. They are depressing people, oppressing people. They do have an impact, but they see us. They see us. The Holy Spirit is he who brings the anointing. So people can fake so many things. So even though people can fake, they cannot fake the anointing of God. So if you are anointed, God, of course, is going to know that because he is the one who anoints right? But the demons are also going to see that. And in Hebrews 12, 14, it says, without holiness, no one will see the kingdom of the Lord. It is our duty to clean up the house, to stop lying, to be true and honest, and to make up our minds. So again, without holiness, no one will see the kingdom of the Lord. So it doesn't matter if the world says that we cannot be holy. God says we can. And he's very clear that if we're not, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. I also want to remind you that Paul rebukes the church. We read this earlier. Your worship and prayer is not good. Your religious activities are not good. Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Don't pray, God, purge out this leaven. You purge it out. God commanded us to purge out the old leaven so we may be new. 1 Corinthians 5, 6, Paul says, Your glorifying is not good. 
Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Remember this. Therefore, purge out the old leaven. We purge it out. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. So verse 8, therefore, let us keep the feast. What is the feast? It's intercession. It's anointed prayer. It's worship without hypocrisy. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we have been empowered by God. Through what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not present in the Old Testament. When Jesus was resurrected and when he returned to the Father, he told the disciples not many days from now, right? The Holy Spirit was coming and he did and he's here now. And that is how we have power. So we're not powerless. This teaching has been majority focused on the bad leaven, if you will. This is the leaven of hypocrisy. We must purge it out. But there is good leaven. And I encourage you to continue listening to this three-part series. Thank you so much, and God bless you all.